0: We all have obstacles and challenges we face every day. And as life changes, those obstacles change. And we use those obstacles and challenges as validation to ourselves to put fitness off until later. And my, My goal is never to convince people that eating right and exercise is important because everyone knows that. But what I have to do is help them realize that even though they're busy, they can still make it a priority. And if they do, their quality of life will be better.
1: Are you done with being that pregnant or postpartum mom in the gym who is always stuck on the sidelines feeling horrible? Saying, how come no one ever told me this? Are you ready to finally say no to a mom life filled with excess weight, injury, overwhelm, and fatigue? then health is here. Welcome to the Strong Moms Fitness Podcast, where we dive deep into the information you need to be the strongest woman in and out of the gym, even if you are a mom. If you are done going through your pregnancy or postpartum fitness journey clueless and unprepared, if you are ready to commit and say yes to being that badass fit mom who is shredded and stronger than before the baby, well, listen up because this is where we talk about all of the things your doctor or trainer never told you about so that you can achieve the body you want and take your athletic strength and performance to the next level. Get ready, because here's your host, Daisy Bravo. Well, hello, 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 and welcome everybody. I
2: am pretty stoked, I always say that. I love having the opportunity to interview the most amazing people in the health and fitness industry. I feel so lucky, so blessed. That's one of the main benefits of having a podcast. I get to talk to some really cool people that I wouldn't otherwise talk to in everyday since we're all so far away, we're all distancing, we're all locked up in our homes. And only with the power of the internet can I chat with all these great people. And uh, every time I talk to someone, then they send me their friends. It's very, very cool. So our guest today is Chad Austin. And you're going to want to check out our show notes because Chad is an author. He is a speaker. He does a lot of fitness courses and fitness classes online. So you are definitely going to want to check him out. Now, I brought him on today because he is an expert on making fitness a priority. And I know this is a struggle for so many of us. And right now, life is chaos for so many people. And Chad takes the time today to... Explain to us how we can fit fitness in our lives, even when things are chaotic, things are looking a little bit different, maybe our life is changing, maybe we're moving on to another phase in life. Chad is going to talk about how we can really fit fitness in. Now, Chad Austin is a personal trainer. He is a two-time best-selling author, and he is the owner of Priority Fitness in. Overland Park, Kansas City, Kansas. Priority Fitness's name was inspired by his award-winning book, Make Fitness a Priority. Now, Chad has over 15 years in the fitness industry, and he has learned the true purpose of a fitness professional is to actually help people figure out how fitness best fits in their life so that they can make it a priority for their lives. Now, Chad is a huge sports fan and enjoys staying active. He believes that the best things in life are done outside of your comfort zone and is always looking for his next challenge. For every obstacle Chad takes on, he always has the best pit crew in his corner. He has a beautiful fiance, Jess, and they're soon to be married, and their golden retriever, Walter, who is his fitness priority mascot. So I want to welcome Chad to the Strong Moms Fitness Podcast. This is an amazing show that you are not going to want to miss. Chad, welcome to the Strong Moms Fitness Podcast. I am so excited to have you on the show today and I really appreciate the work that you do and I wanted to bring you on the show today because you're the no excuses guy. I would love for you to share with the audience your journey in the fitness industry and how do you help people make fitness a priority?
0: Oh, absolutely. Uh, Thanks for having me on the show today. I love the, just the title of your show is very intriguing to me by itself, but make fitness a priority is my theme. And so I've been a trainer in Kansas city for about 15 years now. I'm the owner of priority fitness. And so priority fitness was actually named after my book, make fitness a priority and so, make fitness a priority. The mindset and the mission of it is something that came to me as I evolved as a trainer I think, I, I think, you know, as a fitness professional, you, when you start, you, real, you it doesn't take long before you realize that most people come to a trainer because they're fueled by short-term motivation, right? There's something coming up in their lives that they want, that's increased their motivation. They want fast results for, where it could be a wedding or a swimsuit season or an event they're training for or a reunion. And so they, and after years of helping several people reach those short-term goals only to then see them fall off track. And if all those results just be temporary, I started to change my mindset and, and making fitness a priority. What it means is really figuring out how fitness really fits in your life long-term. So it doesn't have to be something you just keep starting over. And so the no excuses, the overcoming your obstacles that we, we all have, it's just, it's just part of the journey of making it a long staple in your life.
2: Awesome. I love that. That is pretty amazing. Now, do you have a theory of why so many people struggle to make fitness a priority in their lives? We know, obviously, that it's good for us.
0: Yeah, I've done a lot of research on this question. So when I was actually writing my book, the first one, I knew I was going to write a fitness book, I, need, I needed to figure out my direction. I did an online poll. And my poll question was, what are your top priorities in life? And I asked so many different people this, and people I knew, people I didn't know. And the top answers were family and career and sometimes faith. But hardly anyone ever, very, very small percentage of people would say health and fitness. And I was just blown away by that. And just like you said at the beginning or of your question there, where you said that most people, it's always something they, they don't feel like they have time for. They see the importance of it. They see the value of it. So I think if I would ask a different question, if I would ask, what are some ways you can improve your quality of life? Eating right, exercising would probably be top answers, but it's that priority word. So fitness in our minds is always the thing we plan to get to later because we think we're too busy now. We all have obstacles and challenges and we face every day. And as life changes, those obstacles change. And so we use those obstacles and challenges as validation to ourselves to put fitness off until later. And my, my goal is never to convince people that eating right and exercise is important because everyone knows that. But what I have to do is help them realize that even though they're busy, they can still make it a priority. And if they do, their quality of life will be better.
2: That's interesting. I I really like that poll. That's really cool. What I took from that is your top three was family, faith. And what was the third one?
0: Family and career. Career. Top two, yeah.
2: Yeah. And and in order to do all of those things and- in order to give a hundred percent of yourself, you need to be healthy. You need to be feeling well, and I think that kind of gets lost. <laughs> yeah, is like you're saying is like, oh, that's in the background there, but I don't know if people put that together is that in order to be the best for your family, you're gonna have to be healthy. how if you're feeling miserable and sick all the time and you can't move around, how can you give your family the hundred percent that you want to? So I really yeah. like that poll now. I have another um, kind of follow-up to that and I wanna know what advice do you give people to keep going? Many times people start a program Maybe they have a goal and and there's usually some event that they're trying to look good for, like a wedding. People start and for a week, or they're on a low calorie diet, they work out in the morning, they're working out in the afternoon, they're doing this for about a week or so. And then at the end of the week, they're like, I'm going to step on that scale. (laughs) And then they see that the scale hasn't budged or maybe that the scale has gone up a little bit and then they get disheartened and discouraged. How do you help people with something like that?
0: Yeah, you're absolutely right. It's so easy to to get started, but then it's so easy for that motivation to be gone when you're just, if you have any disappointment. And another trainer of mine that said something this last year that really was a takeaway for me. And I say it all the time, but he said the weight loss is the weight on the scale is the least accurate measure of success. I think that is, there's not too many statements that are that true. There's, mm-hmm. And so when I, but I take that and I go deeper, every, every client that I have that I try to avoid before and after pictures and just testimonials and showing on avoid making it about, the scale and try to focus more on not, not just weight loss is part of most people's goal, but they're they're focus a little bit on the non-scalable victories too, that you can't see from the scale. And all of our testimonials are not about what you've lost, but what you will gain. What will you gain by making fitness a priority? And so, but to keep your mindset, keep your spirits up and keep going, there's gotta be a, it's gotta be more than just a number on the scale. And so one thing is always to know why you started. And so the power of your why is something we stress a lot with our make fitness a priority. And so it' community. And so knowing when, cause when you're not always going to want to work out, you're not always going to be excited about workout. Sometimes you're going to have to do it when you don't want to. Sometimes you're going to want to eat something that's not on your meal plan and you're going to have to talk yourself out of it. There's going to be a lot of sacrifices you're going to have to make. And there's going to be tough days where if you don't remember why you do it, then you're not going to be able to keep going. So focus on not and digging deep on digging deeper on your why. So not just I want to lose weight, but why is it so important to you that you lose weight? What will you gain after you lose weight? How much better will you feel all those things? And but uh, so I think that part is one thing that helps you keep going, but the other part of it, not getting stuck with just those short term goals. Mot- motivation in mean, whatever form, whether it be short term or something coming up, whatever gets your motivation started is awesome. and you got and you got to use it to your advantage but you always have to have to take the time to ask yourself what's next if you're if you're if you're jumping into a thirty day challenge, you you can't have an end in mind. I, I've made this mistake so many times where I've gotten on a 12 week program or a 30 day program and it's, I've done great in it, but I've never taken the time to ask myself, what am I going to do after this? What's next? And if you don't take the two seconds, it is to answer that question. Then what's next is going to be nothing. And then, and all of those results you just work so hard for are going to be gone too. So I'd say going back to your why, your why is very important, but then also what are you going to do next? Always have a plan of what's next.
2: Now with with the, what are you going to do next? Is that why, and not establishing that, is that why you find that people have these fluctuations, these yo-yo scenarios where maybe they've lost a lot of weight and then all of a sudden they gain it back? Is it because they haven't planned for the long term and they're really just thinking for that short term event?
0: That's a, that's a big part of it, I think, is not ever asking yourself next. And, and when I, when I say that, by the way, that what you're doing next doesn't mean you always have to work out as hard as possible. Even the most professional athletes on the planet, they have seasons. And so they're not going to work out as hard as they can all year round. They have seasons where intensity changes, but you always need to have a plan. Even if you're taking some, taking it a little bit easier, know what you're going to do there. But I think that's part of it is just not as only thinking in little chunks and you're not thinking what's next and having a plan that you're following. But the second part of it is is making sure whatever you're doing fits in your life. So there's a, that's a big problem with a lot of programs out there. I think when you're trying to find a fitness program that fits for you, if for one, it can't have an end in mind. And if it does, you better be good at asking yourself what's next. But the other part is that it can't be the same program for everybody. Mm -hmm. If a program is not customizable to you, then it's, it's the same program for everybody, regardless of what your fitness level is, what your schedule is. If, if, if the goal is just to work as hard as possible to get this to get as much results as possible in this little window of time, and it's not catered to each person, then you're set up to fail. And so one or fitness is not one size fits all. I think that's a very important thing that all trainers have to learn that what worked for one person is not going to work for the next, that it's not one size fits all. And so if it, and just know that if what you're doing for fitness, if it doesn't fit in your life, then it's not going to be in your life very long. So no matter how good your intentions are, when you start, you're not going to be able to keep doing, eventually you're going to fall off track. If it doesn't fit with the rest of your priorities in your life, it doesn't fit in the life you're living
2: now. Cool. Now I have a mixed audience here a lot of the the women that I work with some of them are really truly die hard fitness junkies they're almost addicted to fitness in their own right and and they're a little competitive but i do have a lot of women that start corrective exercise program after babies so that they can start getting back into fitness and some of those women have actually never really worked out before and now they've decided they've got this new baby and and maybe they should make fitness a priority maybe they had some some aches pains maybe they struggle with blood sugar issues and now they're like all right now I have my my why my baby is mm. my why my why and I need to take fitness and health into my own hands and you started talking about this but what is a realistic way to start working out for these individuals that it's just so it's so new it's so foreign and maybe they are a busy mom maybe they've got this weird feeding schedule sleeping schedule with their babies how can they set themselves up for success and avoid disappointment and overwhelm?
0: Yeah, I, I think part of it is, well, for one, it has the fit in your life, but also it is starting where you are now. And so I have a lot of clients that I've been a trainer for 15 years. So I have clients, some clients that have come in and out of my schedule over time where I've helped them get great results and help them get fitness a priority in their life. And they've gone on to do it on their own for a while. And, eventually they've, and then after some time goes by, they've come back and they've lost some of the results and they want me to help them get back on track. And then we've gone through that a few times and every time they gotten off track is because something big has happened in their life. You know, they got I have one client. I always use in My example, Josh, he's a, he was a teacher and teaching was his first big job. And so it was, I had the three months, that they were off for, off for the summer that I worked with them and got them in shape. But every time he came back to me, something major happened. So, the one time he had gotten married, and the one time he went from being uh, just a coach to the head coach, and another time he went to, to being a parent, and the other time went, he went from being a, a coach to then assistant principal to a principal. So, it's like every time some the responsibilities he had, what was on his plate, the time he had allowed for fitness changed. And so, and so you can't go back, you can't go back. And I always tell him when he came back, we're not starting where we left off because that program doesn't fit in your life anymore. We're figuring we're starting where you are right now. And we're making a fitness program that makes sense for you now. And so I think that is a problem. A lot of times it's also how we get in, we get, we have a tough time getting past the, I don't have time excuse, because a lot of times when someone says, I don't have time, what they're really saying is I don't have time to work out like I used to. And so it's like when we had all the time in the world to work out and we worked, we might've been in our past, we might've worked out five days a week for an hour and a half every time, but now things have changed in your life. And you, maybe you're a parent and, or maybe you have a a busy job a stressful job, or you have multiple kids and they have activities going on every night of the week. And, And so there's your, a lot of your time has been taken away. And so it's really not realistic for you to, to work out like you used to, but that's where you have the bar. And so if you do anything less than that, it's almost like you're ashamed. And so then that pops up. I just don't have time, but doing less than what you did before doesn't mean it's less of a priority. It just means that's how it fits best in your life. And so I think that's, that's when, when anyone, a, a mom who is just learning how to get fitness part of their life, now that they're a parent and they have, and they have a kid or multiple kids, or they're starting at a different fitness level. It's got to fit in your life. So it can't look like it did before. That worked for you in the past, but it's not going to work for you now. You have to figure out how it fits and how it looks now.
2: Okay. Now, just to to follow up and elaborate on making something like fit into your life, how does someone analyze that? Do you look at your day to day? Do you see where maybe you open up a calendar? And do you say, Oh, well, I think that on, you know, Mondays, it looks like my morning is free. How how do you help people figure that out? How do you take that to the next level?
0: Yeah, my second book. And so I have a book series. I said, my, my second book is actually a six week workbook. And so, but it, I always end up asking, getting that question after I tell people that there's no end in mind. And so I do have a six week workbook, but the difference is it's supposed to be set up as the first six weeks of fitness being a part of your life. And so there's no end in mind. And uh, the goal is not to get you mu- as much results as possible in the six weeks. The goal is in the six weeks, figure out how fitness best fits in your life. And what we talk about in it is uh, it's, uh, your schedule like figuring out when you, when the best time for you to work out is when you're going to have the most energy, when you're going to have the, the most time, what equipment you have, where you're going to work out. If it's going to be at the studio, if it's going to be at the gym, it's going to be at home and just figuring out those things and then, and then getting it into schedule. So the first way I'll be that all trainers and any productivity coaches, the way you get over that, I don't have time. One way is scheduling it. And so making sure that all the other conflicts you have with your family, with work, and everything else that you're working your workout in around those conflicts, and then once you have it you're in your schedule, that is your most important appointment of the week with your most important client, and you just can't move it, and you can't can't justify moving it. And so, but yeah, I think it's going through your going through what priorities you have with your family, your career, your job, all those things, and figuring out where the best time to put it is and what it looks like now starting out and. What equipment, what what space, everything. And so you just got to start from ground zero, making a plan.
2: Cool. I like that. Now, so you're working with someone, they have a plan, the, the wheels are turning, they've finally started to get in the groove and they're following a regular pattern. Now let's just say there's a temporarily a bump in the road. They have maybe two, three bad days where things beyond their control get in the way and they're slightly derailed. How do you help... Uh, someone get back into the groove, get back to that priority before they fall off that cliff and just stop altogether? How do you help with those little speed bumps along the way?
0: One thing I, I try to teach my clients early on, and this is a problem that most fitness professionals, most fitness professionals don't like new year's resolutions. We just don't really understand why we don't like them. <laughs> so we just know we <laughs> don't like them. But I think a big part of the reason is, is, is the perception perception is so negative. So like anyone that's a coach, one of our jobs is to help people uh, set goals and, and always uh, strive to accomplish the goals we set. Uh, and that's the new year's resolutions are the goals we set for them, are. there's no different, but what the, the, the stats that say, like after the first six weeks of the year, 90% of people are going to fail. I hate those stats because there's no such thing as perfection and those fate you're going to fail, make, making fitness a priority by right? making fitness, a part of your life has nothing to do with being perfect. There's going to be days where it does, where you're going to fail. And that does not define you. And that does more importantly, that does not end your fitness journey. So like the way they talk about New Year's resolutions is like 90% of people have already failed because it's the six weeks end of the year. And they make it sound like, well, you might as well just wait till next year and start over. And so you've just failed for the whole year. And, it, but it doesn't matter whenever you mess up, no one determines your failure, but you. All you have to, it's what you do next that counts. That's always what I tell my clients it's failing. There's no such thing as failing in fitness. It's all about learning how to get back on track. Every time you mess up, there's going to be a time that you missed the workout. There's going to be a time where you, you didn't plan for your food, right? Or something happened and you ended up going through the drive-through Or there's going to be times where you mess up and things go wrong. That doesn't end your fitness journey. It's about how are you going to get back on track and, and do better next and stop from that obstacle beating you next time.
2: Awesome. I love that. Uh, Yeah, it's so easy to find, you know, an excuse. And then you're just Mm -hmm. or you hit the snooze one day. That doesn't necessarily mean that every day you should be hitting the snooze. It's one little speed bump and just get back the next day. So pick yourself up. Do do you notice a pattern of people with excuses? If someone uses the excuse, they're tired. And you found a way and you've reframed the tiredness excuse. Do you find that there's some individuals that just naturally, once they seem to reframe one excuse, do you find that sometimes another one pops up in its place and then you have to keep working to, it reminds me of like a video game is like another bad guy comes and then you have to bust that guy (laughs) and then another one comes along. Do you find that it's like with a lot of individuals that's just a natural progression when trying to make fitness a priority. Is there always some new excuse around the corner?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Honest, always there is. I feel like that's just human nature. That's just uh, who we are. There's always, we're never going to have a shortage of excuses. And so that's why we keep putting off fitness. We use excuses, keep putting fitness off till later. There's a, a test that a little uh, exercise I do with people to help get over their excuses. but. It's just an understanding that I I think that's, I I got into obstacle racing several years ago and I've done a whole bunch of them, several, several, a couple of them that are 24 hours long and big obstacle races. And I think that a lot of the reason I got into them is just because of the, the correlation, obstacle, overcoming obstacles does with overcoming your excuses. It's really the same thing. It's like, every time you come up to it, we, we face obstacles every day. Every time we come up to an obstacle, we have two choices. We can either overcome the obstacle or the out, obstacle can overcome us. And I think that, that every, we have that, we face that excuse that, that every day. And I think every, and, and that's all an excuse really is just an obstacle. You haven't overcome yet. And so that's one thing I, I always tell my clients, there's always a way. And so you can either find an excuse or you can find a way. overcome the obstacle. And so some obstacles we, in my book, I have a chapter that I saw call how to be a donut slayer. And the donuts are... There are excuses basically. And so, but that's something I stole from my wrestling coach in college. He had, he had dragons, he called them. He wanted to teach us how to be dragon slayers. So dragons were, they were all the obstacles that a 19 year old college wrestler could face that would stop him from having a good year. And so you can imagine everything that could go wrong for a 19 year old wrestler. But a donut, I call it donuts because to me, a donut, it, it can be the best thing on the planet or the absolute worst thing that will derail me completely from my fitness program. And, and so, but the donuts are the curve balls you can't see coming. So there's some excuses, some obstacles we know we're going to face because our track record tells us. And so we can prepare and have a game plan of how we're going to overcome them. But there's going to be times where curveballs are thrown at us and uh, that we can't plan for. And you have to adapt. And uh, learning how to always adapt and have that no matter what mentality, I'm going to get my workout in, I'm going to make fitness a priority. Every time you do it, you're that much stronger for the next obstacle that comes.
2: That's cool. You'd mentioned this earlier, bringing it back to your why. Maybe in the moment when you're slaying that donut, you've lost sight of of the why. It's way back behind you. So bringing it back to your why. Do you, in, in either your books or your coaching, do you help people to establish that why. I know initially people look in the mirror and want to look like so-and-so or they grab a chunk of fat on, on their stomach. Do you help people find that deeper why that's more sustainable than losing some fat?
0: Yeah, I think that's a very important process that everyone has to be able to go through if they really want to get long-term success is to be able to dig deeper, to understand at the core of why this is important to you. So it's like, And so I have so many good examples, I'm sure you you do too, of, of people that have gotten to dig deeper and dig deeper. And, and, so, and so when they come back with the vague response of, I want to I lose weight, okay, why is I'll, I'll feel better. I'll look better. Why? And, and so, but I have, I know my mom is one of my first huge success stories when I first became a trainer. And so we used to, she was diabetic and had gotten pretty far overweight, but we used to go skiing as a family every year. And that was the first time we went with my nephews, I remember, and we hadn't gone in several years, but my nephews were so little, they weren't even able to use, they weren't even using poles. They were just, use, they were just skis. And, but my mom was just so out of shape that she wasn't even, she was only going to go down the mountain one time and her knees, her back, everything was bothering her. And so that was it for her whole trip. And that became her reason why she wants to be an active grandma with, with my nephews. And she went, and so that's, and so But that started her why. And it was it's it's such a deep core why for her. She lost 80 pounds within the next year. She was went her A one level went down now. She didn't have to take diabetic shots anymore. She just I completely changed. She's a very active grandma now. And so I mean, but I, I had so many stories like that. It's just, you have to, it has to be, it's when I say dig deep, it's it, you, it, you have to really dig deep to understand why it's important rather than just the vague answer of, I want to lose weight or oh, I'll give me more confidence. I have I have another one to share real quick that someone that always wanted to get in shape for a swim for, a, she had an annual swimsuit or a swimming lake trip that she went on with her friends. And it seemed like it was a couple of years in a row that I was helping her get in better shape for this. And so I finally made her dig a little deeper and ask why it was, but it was about her losing weight and, and feeling better. But she realized that she has a big group of friends that she's really close with, but she, uh, whenever they took pictures at the event, she, she realized she wasn't in any of the pictures because she was always wanting to be the one taking the pictures. She did not want to be in the pictures next to her Mm -hmm. friends who made her feel like she was more overweight. And she wanted to be in the picture so she could have some of those memories. And I thought that was something I hadn't heard before. I thought it was just so telling, but you have to be able to dig deep with yourself and only ask yourself why it's important and just keep digging deeper. And, but the stronger your why, the stronger you're going to be when you, when you face adversity. Hmm.
2: Wow. That's amazing. That I'm sure that can get a little emotional for for a lot of people when they finally reveal what that deeper why is. And I think sometimes I'd probably assume a lot of people stifle that that deeper why, maybe they're embarrassed or there's some shame behind some of it. Do you find that some people need to get to almost a a rock bottom before they get serious?
0: Yeah, they do. And not to, to... and then that's where my mom was on that trip. She did hit that rock bottom point in the, and was in the shame. There's way too much shame in this world. We shouldn't have, we should never be shamed of ourselves for these things, but having the guts to, to dig deep enough and actually call it out takes away all that power. It takes away that shame, it takes away that power and uh, gives it back to you. And so it's, but yeah, it definitely, it definitely seems like you have to get to that breaking point. Sometimes you don't, you don't have to. But uh, a lot of people that, that have been able to get there, you, you can dig deep on your own and get there, but you have to have the strength and the courage to be able to ask yourself and have the integrity, the honesty with yourself, to be honest with yourself and and really say that whatever that shame is coming from that you shouldn't have, take its power away by uh, calling it out.
2: Cool. I really like that. So now that someone has maybe a, a why established and they've decided that they're, they're ready to get going, I want to talk a little bit more about actually getting started and trying to pick that, maybe that routine or activity that you're going to do regularly. So maybe someone wants to choose thinks, Oh, running is going to be great for me, or I'm going to join this basketball league. That's going to be a fun way to get going and starting to do some activities. What are some of the signs or red flags that we can look for when starting a workout plan or activity that it might not lead us up to the success that we're going for? What's something that uh, we should analyze and make sure that it's, it's not going to derail us? Maybe it's we're biting off more than we can chew. H- how do you help people find out what's right for them and what might not be the best at this time or at this juncture?
0: Yeah. I think that the red flags you mentioned, I, I definitely the making sure that the program doesn't begin with the end in mind and make sure it's not once that it's not the same for everybody. Those two things. Those are things I, I always point out first, but then making sure that you're surrounded with the right people. And so if you're trying to do hard things and you're surrounded yourself with people who are going to be enabling you to go the opposite direction, or are not going to be supportive of your cause, um, then you're setting yourself up to fail and making sure that you're making sure you're setting yourself up to have the best chance to succeed. And so extra things that you like to do that are activity are going to be easier to do. So if you like to be able to see your friends, so going to a group class where you can see your friends or going to a group and a mural, sport where you can see your friends, that's going to be easy. If you like the account, if the accountability of, of if you have a group of friends that are already making fitness a priority and they're active people, then do more with them. If there's and then on the flip side of that, if there's things you don't like to do, they're important for what your goal is, then try to pair it with something that you do like to do. Like if you hate to do cardio, if you hate the if you hate to do cardio, you need to do some cardio, then watch doing cardio while you're watching one of your favorite shows or listening to one of your favorite podcasts or doing it with a friend that's going to, that you want to be able to spend time with. That'll be helpful. Or, I mean, but that's the way it is. I, you're surrounding yourself with, with people that are on the same mission as you is always going to help, but trying to find as many exercises that you do find enjoyable and like to do. And then the ones that you don't find enjoyable, make sure you pair it with something you do find enjoyable.
2: Very cool. I like that. You were saying maybe work seasonally. If you know that you like to, let's say, run during the summer, you're going to hate it. In in the winter months, do you suggest people look at the calendar? Is that another thing that that you look at when people are building their fitness?
0: Yeah. For most people, there won't. But I I do know a lot of people that, if you haven't, if you've always used weather as an excuse before to not do something, but you haven't actually experienced doing it, then I would challenge you to to experience the bad weather. Um, because sometimes it sounds crazy, but I don't, when I was, I was, I've run marathons and stuff, and I've trained for things in the past and I've done things that are been during November, December. And so you got to get your training done some way. So unless you're going to run forever on the treadmill, you got to be able to go outside. And so now I just, if it's, if I open the door and it's raining, that used to just make me shut the door. That's a perfect excuse to go back to bed. But now I have my own hat. I have my own hat that I love, uh, that I wear. And that's my rain hat. And so I'll put my hat on and I'm in my. I'll protect my eyes and the rest of me will get wet. But if you haven't ever done it before, it can be a very empowering feeling to go and run in the rain or go and r- or, or even to put some, or layer up and go and run when there's snow on the ground, knowing that it stopped everybody else, but you overcame that obstacle and <laughs> you're enjoying it. <laughs> but if you haven't done it before, then I challenge you to go experience it, to go and run in the rain or run in the cold weather and just layer up. Don't let it stop you. You might be surprised that the feelings you get from doing that.
2: Hmm, that's very cool. I see I'm driving by those people and I'm like, there's, there's something special going on inside them because I love them. They'll power to them for keep going. I appreciate that rain or shine. That's great. So those, that's who I want to be. <laughs> I want to be that person running out there in the rain. And cause I'm usually, I'm guilty of, yeah, closing the door. <laughs> I'll stick my head out there and I'll close the door and say, no, not to, this is my, you know, this is my rest day and I can go back to bed. <laughs>
0: I think I, I, I the, one of the first obstacle races I did that was a, a 24 hour first most insane thing I trained for that was a 24 hour obstacle race. I was in a Facebook community I read in that where there, there someone posted a blog about running in the rain and and that just changed my perception about it. And then I just did it just took one time doing it. Now the hardest part for me is I have a running buddy that's a golden retriever and uh, getting them dry is impossible. <laughs> 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 but.
2: I <laughs> oh, love that. That is cool. So yes. So everyone try it at least a couple times and then make your decision there.
1: <laughs>
2: and yeah, maybe you leave your dog at home. <laughs> I'll give you extra. Actually, there'll be an extra workout. You get to, to, to bathe the well, dog afterwards.
0: And Walter, our, our, our dog's name is Walter. He loves oh. the rain. And oh, so he's yeah. a great running partner and he loves going for walks and runs, but it, 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 the weather can definitely get too hot for him. Yeah. And so when it's hot for me and I can be in, nice with just shorts and t-shirt, eventually he won't be able to, he won't be able to go as far on those right. days, <laughs> but if it's raining or snowing, if it's just cold outside, he'll love it. He'll go forever. He can outrun me every time. <laughs> right.
2: <laughs> <laughs> That's so cute. <laughs> now, I also wanted to ask you, how do you help individuals who use that excuse, either trying to make good choices, but no one in their household is supportive or is interested in taking part of any of this. How do you deal with that?
0: Yeah. I can that say that that is tough. And I don't, I won't discount how hard an obstacle that can be. I'm fortunate right now, man, my fiance I live with for five years now. She's a very much a good influence. We're both people that want to make fitness a priority. And so I don't have that, but I've trained several people over the years where they don't have that support at home. It's not so much. And a lot of times that not having that support at home comes from that your partner, his own insecurities. And so I challenge you to make it motivation for yourself to do so well with your goals that it changes their perception, where it goes from it goes out of their own insecurities to them wanting to jump on board with you. Instead of instead of thinking of it as they're they're being a bad influence on you, then flip the script and you determine yourself to be a good influence on them. And I think that is the best response to that. But the other hard part I will say about this is not always easy to hear, is that I, I do know a lot of people over the years that that your, your partner not being on board with what your goals are as an easy out for you is easy to use as excuse to quit. It's easy to use that as an obstacle that you can't get over. And uh, that is a story you're making up in your head. <laughs> that is a story. That is your story. You're telling yourself That's not really true. And, but I, I think most, and sometimes you have, sometimes I'm never saying, I always try to surround myself with people that are on the same mission as me. And so I know how hard, I can't imagine how hard it would be as someone that didn't want to work out or always wanted to eat bad food or, or drink or whatever else that, that, and excess uh, against what I would want to do. But I just think there there would be a point where you could win them over. And that would be my mindset is this is to this, change your focus from them enabling me in a bad way to I'm going to enable them in a good way. And so I'm going to get them past their insecurities and I'm going to get them to jump on board and I'm, they're going to follow my example.
2: I, I like that. That's really cool. Because it's definitely an excuse that I hear quite a bit. And it's like you just turning the tables there instead of that one person having the influence over you you change that and and you're going to be the good influence over them i like that i really appreciate you sharing that and you've shared so many amazing great tips and tricks and really things that people can take action on even right away but i would like for you to take a moment and maybe chat about your book plug your the programs that you offer share with the audience where they can find and learn more about you
0: Mm -hmm. Oh, absolutely. The make fitness a priority book became a book series, like I said. And so it's the first one was about really how to make fit, how to see fitness as a how to see it as an important part of your life and make it, make it a priority just like you do with your family and career. And it and went on to figuring out at the, with the six week workbook, how fitness best fits in your life. And then the third book is just tips. Like, a, so it's an idea of if you try to change too many things at once. You're going to end up changing nothing. And so it's a tip you just go through, go through a book and just one tip a week, one tip at a time to not try to change too much at once, but just to start giving some healthy habits. But I'll, I'll share a link with you that you can share with, with the audience where I have a page set up. If you wanted to join the make fitness a, pr- a priority community, and we have a free boot camp that we do every Saturday. And that's where you can get all of my books, including the six week workbook. But if you're, if you're someone who wants something, wants something different, you like what I said today, and you want something to help you get started. If you want long-term success, and like most people that get in this, all of us have been on this roller coaster before where we've gotten in great shape, gotten out of shape, lost weight, and then put it back on. And it's because you haven't figured out, you haven't done something, you haven't figured out the best fit for you. And so the six-week workbook is really designed just to help figure out how fitness best fits in your life right now and so that you can keep doing it long-term. Uh, So like I said earlier, if it doesn't fit in your life, you won't be doing it long-term. And so the other part of that that you have to learn from the workbook is that as life changes... So we things we we get unexpected changes all the time. We maybe we get married. Like I'm getting ready to get married in about sixty five days, and yeah, so it's coming. And so actually, won't be Yay. much of a. It feels like it won't be much of a change because we've lived together for a while now. <laughs> but but a lot of people, that's a big change in their life. Or if they become a parent, or maybe the other side of that happens, and you get a divorce, or maybe you get a promotion, and all of a sudden you travel more for work. You have you become parents, and so there's so many things that can can that can change. The balance of your life. And so you have to be aware of that because when something big happens and if you don't adjust to that change, your balance is gonna can get messed up. And the first thing to suffer is always fitness. And so you have to be able to figure out how fitness fits in your life, but then when life changes, you have to figure out how fitness fits in your new life. And so it's something that you just have to learn if you want to make this long-term, but I'll share the link where people can go and they can find my books and they can get started with being a part of the community. And so I have, I have an app also, that's just a small monthly fee. I think there's a discount code where you can get half off, but it shows all, all the workouts that we do with the community that we do hybrid models. So we, we record them all. And so they are Available Now is just on demand. And so it's one thing to have a personal trainer, but it's when, now that we're still social distancing and getting vaccinated and everything, we're not able to do everything in person anymore. And so rather than just having an online workout where it's demonstrations and you follow the workout, it's different having an actual online class, even if it's a replay, it's going to feel like you're there in person. And so it's a whole new level of accountability that helps,
2: but. Awesome. Great. Well, thank you. I'm going to make sure that we definitely plug and and link everything that you had mentioned in in our show notes. So anyone listening, you can definitely head to our website or the show notes on your favorite podcast player and uh, check out all those links to Chad. So thank you so much, Chad. I appreciate you taking the time to school our audience here and help them make fitness a priority. I know it is so easy to make excuses. And I find that as a family grows and as life gets busier, those excuses, they get harder and harder to fight and slay those donuts. So mm-hmm. I want to thank you so much for for taking your time. And I know the audience really benefit from your chat with me today. So I want to thank you and and hope you have a great day.
0: Awesome. Thanks for having me on.
2: Thank you. Well, that was awesome. How many of you have now found? some new motivation to get going again with your workouts if you've been derailed if you've found that you've been using excuses like crazy i'm hoping that this time with chad has given you some new motivation and new motivation and confidence that you can get going and start up again so i want to thank you guys for joining me today and i want to remind you that if you are listening and perhaps Maybe you've just had a baby and you want to get back into fitness, but you are worried about how to get started, how to get going, how to do this safely, how to avoid or have some assistance with things like diastasis. Maybe you're dealing with some leakage issues, maybe prolapse or hernia, Or if you just want to get back to the gym safely, I want you to check out my newest fitness program, Rebuild After Baby. You can find that on my website at rebuildafterbaby.com. You are definitely going to want to join that. That is going to help you get started, get going. If you have maybe a fitness goal to get back to something like CrossFit or something more high intensity, maybe some running, this is the place this is your step one. This is where you need to get started with before jumping into something more intense. So check out my website, rebuildafterbaby.com. And also check out Chad's links that I have listed in our show notes. I want you to have a wonderful day. And I look forward to chatting with you next time on the next episode of the Strong Moms Fitness Podcast.
1: Your review helps other people find our show. And as a thank you, once a month, we choose the review that makes us all warm and tingly inside and award that lucky lady a free program of their choice. So do it now. It could be you. See you next time, you badass mom you.